there is this beautiful thing started by the Ministry of Education and the National Council for Teacher Education called the National Mission for Mentoring. So out of the 47 lakh plus teachers, they've chosen 60 teachers of our country to become mentors and I'm one of them. Uh, like being a Miss India is such a beautiful thing, you know. Like I have especially girls from rural India who come into my class and go back home saying that, you know, but our teacher is Miss India. Hai. Hey, my dear listeners, welcome back to yet another episode of uh, Inspire Someone today. We are in the nervous 90s. This is in the last leg to our big milestone of uh, getting to 100 episodes uh, shortly. Hey, whom do we have today? We have a special guest, a wonderful human being in Swarup Sampat Raval, a top-notch educator, a former Miss India, represented the country at Miss Universe has been recognized as one of the top 10 finalists of the Global Teacher Prize in 2019, making her way in a silent revolution to the education sector, uh, being part of the central government's program of mentoring top teachers in the country. Somebody who fits into this bill of system doesn't like audacious teachers, but the student do. It's an absolute joy to have Swarup on this episode of Inspire Someone today. Swarup, thank you for taking time and joining us today. So thank you for inviting me, Shrikant. It's such a pleasure to be here. And uh, especially considering we're talking about my favorite, favorite topics. Great. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking time. So there is so much that we would want to talk with you, Swarup. I think first I would start off with, like I mentioned in the intro, the significant change that you have take, kind of taken in your uh, career. You have been at the forefront of the theater. You have been a very well-recognized theater personality. Uh, been in the spotlight in the entertainment industry, more so with all of those... Uh, sitcoms uh, people uh, in my era can definitely relate to some of those sitcoms Ezo has in the and then now spearheading in the education sector uh, boy what's been a tremendous transformation all of this needs one to step out of the comfort zone isn't it how did you step out of those comfort zones and uh, on embarking this wonderful journey Swarup? yeah so it's been like really very exciting in all stages, you know, you're kind of out of your comfort zone, especially when you're doing theater and films and television. Uh, you know, when we started Yehdu in Zindagi, um, everybody kind of looked down on us for three episodes at least. And they said only losers do television. But we were very sure about what we were doing. So we were quite happy to be doing it. And in the fourth episode, uh, the one with the sofa come back episode, we just became the most loved ones of the whole nation or wherever Indians were. I remember my cousin was uh, stays in Leicester and she said that, you know, we used to keep waiting for the installment of the episode of Yejua Zindagi to come because that was the pre-internet days. And, you know, like the... Uh, pneumatic tapes used to go like actually the videotapes used to go uh, to England and America wherever there were Indians and Indian libraries so um, but when we were starting it we were definitely not in any comfort zone at all so uh, I guess I'm just used to doing that um, I um, Got married after Yejua's Zindagi, had kids, stopped working a lot in films and uh, things like that. Because you see, Paresh was um, getting so much work, you know, it was really becoming huge at that time, you know. And at that time was the time of shifts. 
So Parish used to practically do two shifts, three shifts in a day. So, uh, you know, going from one studio to another. I did not want him to stay back at home. Well, you know, one of us had to decide to stay at home and I chose to do that uh, because I think Parish is a much better actor than I am. And I think I'm a much better housekeeper, teacher and everything else than he is. If he was taking care of the kids' education, there would have been chaos. Not because he's not intelligent. But one day I asked him to teach Anirudh Jur and he started teaching him Zer. And I said, hello, I just said Jur, not Zer. So, you know, it's like that. So I said, listen, you go to work, I'll stay at home. And uh, but staying at home was uh, great learning even. But then I used to go with the kids to their school. And then I was still, you know, that's when I got interested in, you know, education as a field. I'm sure you know that because I've said it a hundred million times already that I was a college dropout. So I dropped out of college uh, when I was about 19. And then I started studying again. Uh, when Anirudh and Aditya were in school and I became a special ed. And so I guess, uh, what is comfort zone? You know, it's always good to venture into the unknown. That's a wonderful uh, take on that, Sodok. And along this journey, did it ever occur to you uh, what people kind of attribute as emotional, uh, I wouldn't say blackmailing, but emotional upheaval saying that, oh, I had a thriving career in the theater in the film industry look here i am taking care of uh, kids taking care of completely different than what you have done and was that the sense of regret or sense of uh, dissatisfaction at any point while you are doing this thing that how i wish i continue to stay there no 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 and luckily uh, i've always been there because paresh was uh, you know working and we were doing theater and I was a producer of our production. And um, in fact, when I was doing my PhD, Paresh had cast me in a play called Shadi at Barbadi.com, which we toured the whole of America. So I was working little. And as it is, I was always the kind, I don't think I can do uh, um, acting 24-7, you know, being in the studio and not doing anything else. Somehow, I think I've realized now that I think education and teaching is the only thing I can do 24-7, 365 days. Uh, you know, either actually teaching or preparing for the teaching or reflecting on my work. But, uh, you know, the film and the glamour and all that, I was never away from it. And I'm quite happy to have a little bit of it with me all the time. Uh, and that's enough for me. I'm not so greedy. I don't want every journal to write about me. I don't want all newspapers to write about me. I don't want to be on every television interview. Uh, I don't want to be in every film. I don't want the whole world to be at my feet because of my glamour. What I'm getting is fantastic. Like just now we've done, uh, you know, there's the Chitralekha magazine has come up with this beautiful um, article on five teachers. And they say, you know, like a hundred salams to these teachers. And, you know, the cover says that, oh, this is a way you can teach too. And that's the cover. And I'm one of the teachers who, you know, is using innovative methods to teach. And Chitra Lekha has written such an incredible article on us saying that, uh, what a beautiful way to teach. So I am getting my fair share of glamour, you know, and, uh, you know, coverage and things like that. And I'm happy with it. I think that's a great way to put it. Good perspective and also kind of shows the uh, modest uh, nature that you have in terms of uh, what you have accomplished, but still staying very grounded to that. We'll come to that bit of uh, your journey before that. This is also in lot many ways answering to the true calling that you had. Is that fair to kind of call it that way? Absolutely. I definitely think. I always say that, uh, you know, God was probably preparing me for this. Uh, you know, like he made me a theater actor. He made me a film actor. 
So like today, like just as we were getting ready to do this, you know, I said, I'm very comfortable in front of the camera. I'm very good at doing sound recording. Like in 2017, I did a very, very beautiful um, satellite uh, program for Gujarat State where I taught two and a half lakh teachers simultaneously. You know, a lot of teachers do it, but nobody could do what I do. Because, uh, you know, I'm used to the camera. I know how to talk. I know how to use my voice. The other thing is that actors are such great storytellers and teachers should be great storytellers. So, uh, you know, I was getting prepared for that. Uh, Like being a Miss India is such a beautiful thing, you know. Like I have especially girls from rural India who come into my class and go back home saying that, you know, but Hamari teacher to Miss India hai. So it's so beautiful, you know. The other thing is that, uh, you know, Glamour and all has given me this wonderful name, Swaroop Sampar. And, uh, you know, with Paresh, Swaroop Sampar Ravel, I can walk into anybody's office by just saying I'm there. You know, I'm at your door. I would like to see you. Maybe an ordinary teacher may not get that, uh, you know, appointment, but I do. So definitely, I think God was preparing me for all this to make me the most wonderful teacher. As God and you were preparing for this, I think along this journey, there was also that bit of difficult choices or sacrifices that you had to make. Anything that you can share, any anecdotes that you can share with uh, me and my listeners? Most, uh, like the first one I can think of is, uh, you know, sitting in booster in the cold, in an empty university, because I used to go in July when, you know, the university was nearly over, you know, before the September would start. So it used to be very bare. And you know what the bare universities look like? It's really not so great. And I remember sitting on the steps one day, looking far into the mountain hills and thinking, God, what am I doing here? Why am I not comfortable in my house? It used to be so difficult, you know, because, for example, when I was studying at Booster, I used to have to walk 20 minutes to High Street to get the food, come back, and then, you know, cook it for yourself, which is so boring. And then, you know, you're studying and doing so much. So that's one. The other thing is, um, you know, difficulties you face. Like I did not, when I started doing my PhD, I did not know the hour of research. And I did not know life skills. And the title was given to me, you know, to use life skills with drama. And uh, because I was thinking of social skills and not life skills. So I had to sit and learn all that. So much of reading while my children were, you know, reaching stages of their board exams. I remember while I was writing my PhD, Anirudh was giving his 10 standard board exams. So, you know, it was really difficult. Another thing I'll never forget is a letter I got from one of my supervisors when he said that, Swaroop, I have the experience of 24 PhDs. If you submit this, you're going to fail. And I said, no, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to be really innovative and going to stick my ground. Because first of all, my PhD was in first person. So it was, I believe, and not the researcher. And then there were three voices. One was Swaroop Sampat, the person. One was Swaroop, the researcher. And the third were the student's voice. Now, all these voices were written in different fonts. Nobody's thought of something like that, you know. Like all the analysis are presented as stories and not numbers and graphs. So, uh, you know, they, even they were a bit shocked at it. And uh, I remember when I walked into my Viva, my external examiner got up and he said, uh, Swaru, at the onset, we want to tell you, we've passed you. We've never had a PhD like this. So, uh, yes, things have been very, very difficult. Another one I'll give, which was, uh, of course, not, I think it was maybe 2018 or something like that, which you would find very interesting, is very close to home. Uh, you know, I started teaching in Maharashtra in the sensitive districts of Maharashtra. And I was going to the extreme tribal area of Nandurbar. 
And I very happily went there. The journey was tough. Like it was eight hour drive and then overnight and then one and a half hour on a single lane ghat up to Nandu, uh, Toranmal. And I met the teachers there. And I started teaching them about what I believe in, like teaching should be fun and teachers should care and teachers should love. And, you know, much later, you know, they were stunned and then they became my friends. And much later, they told me that they had actually planned, uh, you know, to invite me there, get photographs taken and then just send me back to Mumbai. Like, who is she to come to teach us? Little did they know that, you know, they would fall in love with me and me with them. And, you know, we become best friends. But, you know, always it is that, oh, what does she know? Like, even when I went to Gujarat and I started teaching the teachers of Gujarat, it would be, you know, this woman's come from Mumbai, studied in English, speaks English like not what we speak. You know, their pronunciation of English is different. My English is very, you know, Mumbai. Uh, my Gujarati is very, uh, you know, Mumbai Gujarati. My Marathi is Mumbai Marathi. And who is she to come to teach us? But I think I've, you know, I suffered through it, stayed in dirty rooms and travel distances where, you know, the, the whole day you've not gone to the loo. I remember when I used to go to Nandurbar, the food was impossible for me to eat because it was so tribal. And I did not want to harass them. So I still literally take food from home and go. Like my khakra, my tea packets, cucumber, tomatoes, and you know, all that in a bag so that I would sit in my room and eat that uh, because I could not eat the hot tribal food, which was really spicy and oily. Lots of things. I mean, food and all is the last, you know. The thing is that you're not welcome or, you know, you're treated like a stranger or who is she to teach us? These things are very difficult because you're already in such a vulnerable position. You're in a place which is away from home. You're alone. It's not really comfortable, you know. We are not, like I always envy Padesh. Like whenever he's traveling, they stay in five-star hotels. And I'm traveling, I stay in huts and, you know, places like that. So totally tough. I cannot say that I can uh, get it because uh, your journey has been, your journey has lived to it. We can only kind of in hindsight say, say that hats off to what you have done. And so this, what you have also demonstrated the Swarup is from the stardom of being Miss India, being in the theater, now taking on uh, the role in the education sector and also from a college dropout to holding two PhDs, what you have demonstrated is change is possible and you was that hope ray of change saying that look i have done this i have demonstrated i'm just not saying this i have demonstrated it this is for everybody to kind of look at it so in that month of change is possible what is that that you would kind of recommend to people who are sitting on the fence who are do not do kind of stuff to kind of take action what do you say as a take action step Take the leap. I think that's the best, you know. Just don't worry, you'll be fine, you know. But you have to do it. You can't just sit or, you know, uh, procrastinate. Kal karungi, kal karungi. Nahi, kal kabhi nahi aega. If not now, then when, you know. So just do it, you know. If you If you believe in it so much, if you have the passion for it, if you care so much, just do it. You have trained like 10,000 teachers. No, much more than that. In uh, Gujarat, at one time, I simultaneously taught 2.5 lakh teachers. At one time. So, in 2017, 2016, I had taught each and every government school teacher in Gujarat. Then I have taught teachers in Maharashtra. I have taught teachers in Rajasthan. Besides the odd workshops I've done in Uri and Madhurai and Jharkhand and uh, right now I'm doing something which is even more interesting, not more interesting, but equally interesting is there is this beautiful thing started by the Ministry of Education and the National Council for Teacher Education 
called the National Mission for Mentoring. So out of the 47 lakh plus teachers, they've chosen 60 teachers of our country to become mentors. And I'm one of them. And they're mentoring the other teachers uh, to use the new methods of the national education policy. So I, I think what you are doing is just not about uh, in the field of education, but also about impact, the scale at which your uh, way of teaching is kind of impacting a lot of uh, teachers out there. And you did mention about the new education policy. Maybe for the benefit of all the listeners out here, a quick birds preview of the importance of NEP and what should our listeners do in order to make NEP a success? I want to say that the NEP 2020 is uh, one of the world's best documents. It is brilliant. It is such a good thing. Uh, and it is so great for our children and our education. So it goes beyond education for children. It's for the youth and lifelong learning too. I will tell you about that. So it's got, I mean, they've literally thought of everything and it's there. The other thing that they want to change is, uh, you know, we want to do art integrated studies in school. We want sports integration in school. Uh, you know, things like uh, they've got uh, the nursery into schools, which is so beautiful. And uh, remember when I'm talking about this, we're not talking about the elite schools. We're not talking about the people, you know, right on top of the you know, creamy layer types. We're talking about rural India. We're talking about vulnerable and marginalized India. Because, uh, you know, before there was that separation with the Anganwadi and the Balwadi away from school. Well, now they've brought it back into school, which is super. Because now, you know, the progress will happen better. Then they've, uh, you know, uh, done all the different divisions of 5 plus 5 and all that. One beautiful thing that uh, they've asked for and which we have done because I've helped write the position papers and I'm not the only one. There are a hundred of us chosen to write the position papers and do the recommendations for the curriculum. And we talked of getting the knowledge of India into our schools from nursery and kindergarten. Now, what does knowledge of India mean? The knowledge of India means our festivals, our books, our epics our culture, you know, all of them, which, you know, was getting diverted because, you know, everybody's just talking of English. At the expense of that, we are missing out on our beautiful folk poems and folk stories and our Mahabharata and our Ramayana and our Panchatantra stories, which need to be used and taught to our kids. So, you know, that's what's coming back. Another great thing is that the higher level, uh, 11th and 12th, we've introduced a subject called knowledge, uh, the Indian knowledge system. That was knowledge of India. I'm talking of Indian knowledge system. The Indian knowledge system is the, you know, the Vedas and the Stotras and, you know, the Shastras and learning about that. You know, the introduction of Sanskrit as a spoken language. Mother tongue as the language. It's such a wrong interpretation when people said that the national education policy is forcing you to learn Hindi. It isn't. It's forcing you to learn your state language or your mother tongue, which is fantastic because, you know, if all our kids learned our mother tongue, you know, from the beginning and were proud about it. English, the people will learn. I have one person like that in my home. I learned English as, uh, you know, from nursery. And uh, the school told my parents, please speak to her in English. I am so weak in Gujarati. I'm not so great at Hindi Marathi, you know. Whereas we have Paresh in our house who learned Gujarati as his first language in a Gujarati school. And his English is as good as mine. He reads the same books I read. In fact, he watches better films than I do. Like I watch, you know, really pink girly films and he's watching, you know, world films. He's watching world theater. He's reading world theater. He reads such complex books. 
He is fantastic in English. So it's so wrong to think that, you know, if you learn your mother tongue, you'll not learn English. It's rubbish. But if you, you know, if you learn your mother tongue, you're going to be grounded. His roots are deep in India. I had to really work to get there, you know. I had to cut off parts of my, you know, basic primary education and all that to find a new route to get to what India is. And I think all parents should do that. First, teach your kids about India. First thing, because as a, uh, as an educational, you know, a person who studied educational psychology and the person who's worked in as a counselor and a special ed and all that, you know, and a life skill educator, when we talk of self-esteem, one of that comes from your culture, your religion, your, uh, you know, your country, your roots, you know, apni mitti se aata hai ye. You know, the self-esteem, your history. How proud are you about it? If you keep listening to the rubbish that's been taught to us that, you know, we were losers, we are going to be losers. But if we really look into our history and our culture, and uh, then people realize, you know, that our confidence is great, our self-esteem is so high. My self-esteem is so high because I'm so proud that I'm an Indian. Everybody's talking of SDG 2030. One very important part of SDG 2030 is culture. And what is culture? Culture is your festivals, your religion, everything about your mitti, your country, your history. And if SDG 2030 is saying that each country has to revive and you know work on their culture and their religion, why are we not doing it? So this is a lot more far-reaching than just education. Like you mentioned, there is skill enhancement. There is that character building that is out there. And that kind of led you to a, in some shape or form to what you kind of penned in a beautiful book, which is play, practice and pursue. There's a lot of elements that is there in NAP, finds a reference in that book. And also your pet project, the 10-day bagless uh, school project. Walk us through your book, walk us through some of uh, those innovative stuff that is there in the book. And I must say that the reviews that is out there is outstanding. And as something, as a takeaway from this uh, conversation, we are going to give away, for few of our lucky winners, a signed copy of this book, Swarup. And to commemorate Teacher's Day, uh, I am personally handing it over to some of my teachers and some of the teachers within our uh, learning community. Thank you so much. I am so happy to hear that because um, this book is a very, very interesting book. Uh, this uh, Bagless School was something I have been, uh, you know, planning and wanting to do since ages. In fact, I've been doing it. Since 2007, I've been doing these 10-day drama camps in a village where I used to teach one subject through drama. Then um, later on, last one I did over there was a 10-day camp in which I taught filmmaking because I believe that our children need to be exposed to different, different kind of vocations. Another thing is that India is a country of over 2,500 plus arts and crafts, which will die if our children don't learn them. You see, we need to learn them. There are so many things. For example, the Banarsi weaving. If a young child doesn't learn it, he's not going to start, he or she is not going to start liking it when he is, uh, you know, an adult. So they have to be exposed to it. You know, that feeling of the mitti while you're making the pot. You know, uh, you know, now they do it as therapy and all that. But no, the love of creating a pot, you know, and all that, that has to be taught at a very young age. And so that's what I'm trying to say in play, practice and pursue is that from the fifth, sixth standard, children need to learn different vocations. And maybe they would like something. Like uh, my father used to take me to the theater 
and you know i would see theater lighting being done theater booking you know the seat allocation happening you know people doing makeup so for me it was never to become just an actress you know i was more interested in other parts of theater my children went to the theater too and one very interesting thing which i always quote and talk about and it's in the book too spielberg the most famous film one of the most famous film director his father gave him a camera when he was very young and you know he used to shoot films at that age my children used to make plays at that age you know when they were in the fifth sixth standard you know on their own there is a lot more to learn besides um, you know just doing a play or you know doing something you know which you're doing in a group for example uh, like my students did soap making or you know they did gaya dharit sajeev keti you know to work as a team to take responsibility to you know help the ones who are not as strong as you all that you know comes into it you know you're learning major life skills in that so it's a very very important part of learning uh, that's there in the book there are lots of other things in the book and there's one thing which i like very much you know shikant in the book is when i'm talking about holistic learning that we are more than just intelligence and emotion so everybody you know before it was just intelligence intelligence and suddenly people realize no even emotions but you know they are more than that there is iq intelligent portion eq emotional portion then there is pq that's physical portion then there is sq that's social portion then there is spq that's spiritual portion and there is aq that's aesthetic portion and i think it's all that which makes a human being that's what makes a person so we need to encourage all this in the school of course people would say oh there's so much but then don't you think we just lay too much stress on learning just the text the text can be learned in a different way and are you at any time telling me that the physical health is not important and then when you are in society in school at home your social quotient is not important and what about that which is you what about empowering yourself how is that going to come what about your um, uh, uh, you know your spiritual quotient and who's going to see the beauty of it all you know when we talk of environment how are we going to save the environment if we don't see it as something that's so beautiful given to us if we don't see the beauty in the tiger or we don't see a beauty in that little flower growing or we don't see the beauty in a beautiful clouded sky and not you know toxic air that will come through aesthetics and spiritual so if we want a beautiful world it has to be all this and it has to be holistic learning holistic learning and you have been at it for quite some time now you did mention about introducing bagless uh, school days right from 2007 you did lot of uh, projects in gujarat what what has been so, some of those anecdotes some of those changes by virtue of schools or teachers or communities adapting this any one or two stories that you can share where you have seen this change uh so much you know uh, uh one lovely one i'll tell you about maharashtra uh where they were started teaching through drama so you know the bags are kind of bare but you know you know they're doing the whole lesson through drama so there was one shepherd boy who had to take his uh, you know goat guide uh, goats and cows to uh, you know go charane leke jana tha and he would come to eat the midday meal in toranmal nandurbar he would come to eat the midday meal and eat the midday meal and go away and the teachers would tell him why don't you stay back so he would tell the teachers ke tumko malum nahi baap marega mera baap mujhe marega if i don't take my goat to have their feed you know like i have to take them you know i've got to go and take care of all that and then uh, these teachers learned about they were wonderful teachers no doubt 
but they learned about drama and education from me and they started applying drama and you know all lot of these uh, beautiful uh, methods of teaching in their classroom now this boy would come to eat the midday meal and you know he would be there a little before or used to hang on a little afterwards and he saw these kids having so much fun and learning so what he would do is he would go and tie up all his goats or put them in a sheltered place and then hang out in school the whole day so the teachers told him kya hua baap marega nahi to he says mere baap mein akal thodi hai mujhe padhna hai so uh, you see it's it's fantastic in uh, toran mal we reengaged over 500 students little little kids so you know started coming to school and become regular because of this art integrated and drama integrated method of teaching and life skills and you know which is a lot of this uh, a part of this bagless thing you are giving them skills beyond the classroom life skills like you said which might come in handy or which is something that they can kind of who knows they can find a swarup in in, in themselves and find their calling one fine day Yes, of course, of course. And another thing is, it's so nice to be out of your classroom, isn't it? And still learning. We slip into the other side of this conversation, get to know the other side of Swarup, what we call here as the power of three rounds Swarup. So, if you are ready, we'll get started. Here is the first of the power of three round coming to you, Swarup. three routines that is unique to swarup reading i have to read a lot so um, I, it doesn't have to be books all the time of course you know like it could be on the internet too so that's a very important part of my routine another part of my routine which a lot of people have started getting used to now is don't invite her at 5:30 because she wants to be home at 6 i just have to be home at 6 come what may and you know at 6 5 6 10 i have to have uh, my dinner and my coffee in my hand you know like with my feet up so that's one very important part of my routine another part of my routine is people may find it very um, weird to say kind of but i uh, i have to do my pilates so uh, that's a form of exercise and my cousin samir my brother Uh, who's two months older than me he's my cousin but i call him my bro he owns that studio and um, in mumbai and elsewhere too so he does pilates and i have to do it so if i've not done my pilates i am like lost so these are the three things i just have to do reading that's the secret behind all of that energy swarup you you had a slight preview to my next question which is uh, what are the three book recommendations Oh three book recommendations I shall uh, recommend my book first everybody has to get this play practice pursue because it's more than just a book it's a lot of things that I'm sure you're going to have to read it at least two three times to get a lot of it from it okay I'll give you a different one by one author like lots and lots of books of hers I read and recommend is uh, Maxim Green but today i'm going to take the name of a very different uh, book which i normally don't talk about and it's called the passionate mind of maxim green i am not yet she is one of the most incredible 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 philosophers there is always the whole lot of agatha christie see so i can't name just one book of hers but um aditya my younger son and i are crazy and madly in love with agatha christie so we got a whole i mean we just got all her books nearly sometimes we go and we buy each other a book and we say look first don't write inside because we may have to go and change it because you know it may be there in our life so swarup you so, always been yeah. asked this question uh, which is what would be your advice to your younger self There's a twist to this question. My question here is: What are your three advices to your older self? 
one advice to my older self is please don't leave pilates ever because you know there was a time in between when i was so busy and i was so irregular and then you know i started developing a bit of problem in my knee and you know i started getting tired and you know things like that another advice i will give to my older self is something i hate giving it so i'm telling you the truth that's a confession i don't like to give this advice but i'm giving it please please swaroop get off sugar i love sweets i'm like crazy and madly i mean like if you tell me swaroop for 15 days nothing namkeen only meetha and i'm saying okay i can start the day with meetha and end the day with meetha and i will not miss anything in between but uh, you know i've realized that that's not such a great thing so i will say that advice to my older self please get off this sugar business so it was pilates sugar and both are health related one advice i will not give my older self and that is don't care what anybody else says just don't talk of um, becoming slower or you know giving up on all the work always find some way to continue maybe if i can't do it physically if you can't do it physically be a teacher somehow or the other go on supporting somebody you know education and spirituality just go on working more and more and in your space who are the three educators to look out for in my space one educator to really look out for is this person called um, neema pare i've talked about her in my book i know her since 2007 and i'll tell you something very interesting about her she was a very young girl when i met her in 2007 she promised herself that that is the last workshop she was ever going to do and after that she stopped going to be a teacher but she came into my classroom and she started loving teaching and you know she's grown in leaps and bounds we worked together and now we're more like friends mother and daughter colleagues i don't know there's no name for this relationship but like i'll give you an example in 2019 her school was um, lavard primary school uh, within a year it became adarsh primary school lavard and now i'm so proud to say that it is the pm shri school the pm shri school is the schools adopted by the prime minister and the pmo no by the prime minister there are 1400 schools rural schools all over india that have been chosen and hers is one of them so that just speaks for what she is because now uh, you know after in 2017 i think she became the head teacher former teacher she became the head teacher of the same school she joined as a young girl so i think she is great she is very good she's got incredible philosophical ideas towards learning too as a government school teacher she's got published papers she's written this book she's adapting this book in gujarati for me she's incredible so that's one another person i would talk about is not a teacher teacher but she is in a very much higher position she's the director and all that her name is swati popatwats we had a long journey too together she was my students teacher when i was learning uh, special ed she taught me too now we are colleagues she is in the head of the early childhood association and she's doing incredible work in early years you know you may say what's what are you talking about i mean like all friends but yes the thing is you know shikanam if we are speaking together at a function i know you're not going to believe me but i'm i'm nervous you know i like she said the benchmark so high you know she's so good that uh, yes so two three uh, somebody who's doing a lot of work in education but is not a teacher started off as a teacher but is doing to help schools set up 
in that case i would put two people together one is uh, a person who teaches who's made this beautiful program in higher education uh, her name is seema mahajan and the other person is uh, francis joseph uh, both of them you know started off as teachers seema to still teaches but francis is in school seema is in higher education but these are people who are really changing the scene in india there are lots of other teachers i can talk about but these are the ones that come straight to mind i think the teaching community the impact that i have made in the country on the globe is uh, beyond what you can kind of put together in a list but we will kind of settle down with what we have for now you know you're so right you said that you know when i went to dubai for the 2019 uh, global teacher prize i'm not running them now so don't misunderstand me that way i met teachers who were global prize winners and you know who were doing lots of stuff and i thought hey i already know somebody like this in india i know somebody in that village who's you know even better than this you know i know somebody who's already doing this you know in some remote village in india our teachers are fantastic i'm telling you this we just need to make circumstances better for them so very true give them the platform make the circumstances better and we will have a mission that Absolutely. we can accomplish the last of the power of three round the swarup three sources where you draw inspiration from the first 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 is my parents and sadly they're not there anymore but they've taught me so much that i don't think that source would ever diminish you know i still can go back to what they've taught me and to this i would even add my mother in law so three of them in one slot uh you know who taught me so much that i can keep on going back to what they've taught me and you know take it forward you know they're all there with me telling me this uh i remember my mother in law telling me you know to work on spirituality and i thought you know what she told me about 15 20 years back is so good you know like my dad you know his incredible love for the arts theater films paintings in you know introduced me to picasso van gogh you know spielberg igmar bergman uh, ingrid bergman you know all these great filmmakers and actors and you know all that my mother who was a surgical oncologist who had that research mind you know i think i inherited that from her how to be very particular about your work and something so interesting you know uh, like once my son was sitting in the clinic in the hospital and a doctor came by and the doctor told um, asked him who are you so he says i'm dr smrula sampath's uh, grandson and that doctor turns around and tells him that you know your grandmother is so perfect and so intelligent that if her signature is on the paper nobody in the world can challenge it and it's so funny that that's what i dreamt of you know and i used to pray to god that nobody could challenge my phd you know so you know that's the kind of inspiration they given me so if you want to take it at these three and stop i'm okay okay then the next would be my hubby and uh, who always been with me all through met him when i was 17 and you know kind of made me an actress and like you know shafi bhai and he said come on acting kar lo but he brought me into this beautiful world who encouraged me from not losing myself because i started studying again because of him uh you know i reached that stage where i was so comfortable reading trashy romantic novels and you know not being inspirational and he said swarup is this what you fallen to and i said well i need to think so he said you need to do something you know and i started studying again so 
I think he is that inspiration. Another thing he told me is when I started working, he said, don't take money for this. He says, don't take money when you're working in education. He says, we have enough. That really put me on the top. You know, when I'm, except when I worked at Sardar Patel till then, I like, you know, very rarely have I accepted money for when I'm teaching. Not that money is bad, but then that puts me on the top because I'm in charge of what I'm doing. And it made me feel better because I was actually doing this for the children of my country. So I'm happy. The other thing is that people needed to realize that this is Swaroop Sampat. She can go out and earn 100 times more than what you can pay her if she just went to films. In one day, I could earn what they're giving me more than what they're giving me in a year. So, you know, they needed to value what I'm bringing to the table. So that's him. And uh, my kids, Anirudh and Aditya, who are always pushing me on to do things and yet take care of myself. So I know it's all my family. Ah, you make a great point. Sometimes we tend to see everywhere else but within the family for inspiration when there's so much happening just around us as well. So you make a very great point saying that you draw your inspiration within your close uh, circle of your family members. And one thing I must ask you, because I have seen uh, some of Paresh Rawal's uh, interviews where he has attributed a lot of his success to you. And here I am talking to you and you're attributing a lot of your success to Paresh Ji. What's the beautiful thing that's between the two of you and how have you nurtured this relationship? <laughs> you know, see, that was bound to happen. We met when we were, I was 17 or 16, you know, just out of school. And he was in college. He's such a sincere person. The minute he saw me, he says, I want to marry this girl. So it's not even, you know, I want to have an affair with her or, you know, she's beautiful or, you know, whatever. He was just so sincere about it. And he told me that, you know, I don't want to waste my energy in relationships that are not going to be lasting, you know. Or in rubbish relationships. So that was one thing. The other thing is we practically grew up together. If you see our library, we have books that we've gifted each other, you know, on our 18th birthday, on our 19th birthday. And, you know, there's a quote in it, may your dreams come true and, you know, things like that. So that was an age when we were dreaming of our careers or dreaming about what life would be. And we were there to support each other through it. Um, of course, all relationships have, uh, you know, fights and, you know, anger and, you know, differences. I remember once we'd gone for two months to Africa and I think we were just 18, 19 at that age, you know, and uh, he's three years older. And I remember I said, oh, I've had just enough of you. Please, let's not meet for one month, you know. Three, two months, day and night together. I can't take it. Of course, within a week, we were like, hello, when are we meeting? And, you know, things like that. But so it was just that, you know. Another thing is uh, both of us are that kind who have made changes in ourselves. Like I was saying that I don't see what's wrong in that. Uh, you know, like if it's your friend, it's your family, it's your sons or husband or mother-in-law or mother you know you do some change in yourself to please them or make them happy I don't think you're diminishing yourself or making yourself more less I think you're making yourself more for example I'll tell you I love the color red whereas Paresh loves me in pink so I have like pink and red in my wardrobe does that make me less or more you see, I mean, they would say, oh, just because your husband likes pink, you'd wear pink. Yes, of course, I would do that to please him. Or like if, you know, my sons don't like me to wear red lipstick. If I'm with them, I would not wear it. How does it make it less? You know, how do I become less? So uh, I think all these, what do you think about yourself? If you are so empowered, if you've got such a great self-esteem, your life skills are great, it would be fine with 
uh, you know, your partner. And I think that's what we keep on working on together because um, I think both of us are like that. The other thing is both of us are very simple. Paresh is even more simple than I am. Uh, when, for example, when we got the invite for the Padma Shri, no, for the National Award, that was the first invite, the big stick level. I think I was just 35 that time. And I'm like, wow, Paresh, you know, we both are going for the National Award and uh, I'm going to wear this sari and I'm going to wear this jewelry. And then I said, hey, you won the prize. What are you going to wear? So he says, I think I'll wear my jeans and shirt. So I said, you can't, you need to dress up. So he says, if I go in my jeans and shirt, will the president not give me my award? I said, of course, they'll have to give it to you. So he's saying, that's it. So he went mm-hmm. in his jeans and shirt and I went all dolled up. So I think that's what makes the relationship work. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful uh, insights there, Swadup. And that kind of brings us almost to the home run as what my parting question to you before we wrap up this lovely conversation and has some shades of what you said in the previous one was had this conversation uh, done some research before having this discussion, seen a lot of the articles written about you, your video interviews. One thing that struck me and that's what I thought I'll ask you on uh, this conversation was what's the secret sauce in your life and now that you're mentioning about uh, Paresh and your family that makes you guys so humble, kind-hearted and above all grounded despite all the successes and adulation that you ever had? Mm, I don't know about anybody else. I can only talk for myself. I'm a very spiritual being. I am a Sanatan Dharma follower. I believe, uh, like the message in the Gita, where it says, uh, do your work. The fruit of your work is not what you have to seek. You just have to go on doing your work and the fruits will come if and when they will come. The other thing is when Lord Krishna says that I am doing everything. I am. And we are him. So uh, through him, whatever work I'm doing is that, and it doesn't allow me to become um, egoistic because any workshop, any book, any written work or anything I do, I know it's him making me do it. So uh, believe it or not, I still go, I go to the Haveli, which is just down the corner, Srinathji Mandir. And I say, this is your work I'm doing. Please hold my hand. Let me do it. So in between, I had a little bit of a knee injury. And I'm going, no, there's so much more work I have to do. You have to make me well. And then I tell him that, Shri Baba, if you want me to do the work, you better make me well. So that's it. I mean, seriously, it's not me. It's something greater than me. A greater force that is making all of these wonderful things happen. So this show is all about creating ripples of inspiration. Before we say goodbye, Swarup, what's your inspire someone today message to all the listeners? If not you, then who? Get up and do it. It's so simple, you know. I mean, like, I want to tell this to a million people who say a million things. Like people who say India is dirty, India is poor, India is this, India is that. Forget about the world, you know. Let's just talk about our space. What did you do about it? So it's, if not now, then when? And if not you, then who? Absolutely. On that note, my dear listeners, if not now, when? If not you, who else? Thanking Swarup Sampath on this wonderful, wonderful conversation on the impact that she is making on the education revolution here in India and as a template for the world. Swarup, thank you so much for sharing your insights and making time for Inspire Someone today. Thank you for listening into today's edition of Inspire Someone today. It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. This is Srikant, your host, signing off and until next time.
Keep inspiring.